0: Hello, cryptonauts, and welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John. On this episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, we're going to be talking with Ether, a.k.a. IDON, one of the developers of the Ethereumon platform. Hello, IDON.
1: Hey, hi, John.
0: Hey, so welcome to my channel, Cryptocurrency Chat. This is my podcast, my first podcast that I've created. And I have a few episodes going on here and there. Um, and you're one of my, I think you're, you're actually my second guest on this channel. So I'm kind of still trying to figure out how to podcast myself. So I don't know if you have some experience cool. in podcasting, but I'm just going to try to just throw it out there and see what sticks. All right. Yeah. Okay. Glad so I'll start off with. I'll start off with my introduction because I've never actually met you. This is my first time talking to you. But uh, let's see. I'm 32 years old. I live in Silicon Valley. Um, I've been crypto sphere. I don't want to say crypto space or industry because I don't actually do anything in the industry. More so, sort of say, I, I just it's it's a hobby of mine, right? So I, I enjoy blockchain. I, I like people's um, white papers. I like to read read different white papers and stuff like that. Uh, In fact, Satoshi's white paper was the first big thing that really got me into crypto. I I heard about Bitcoin prior to reading Satoshi's white paper, but I didn't understand what Bitcoin or crypto was until I truly read Satoshi's white paper and got a a general understanding of what it was. And I was so fascinated with blockchain tech that I wanted to know more about it. So I started looking at different other, uh, other blockchains out there. Um, over the years I've, I've mined, I've created, uh, different, I hosted different uh, meetups here in Silicon Valley, which uh-huh. I've, I personally enjoyed. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, it's, it's so amazing to meet different people like yourself. I'm sure you're, you're a very intelligent man. Uh, but that's one thing that I really enjoyed out here was just shaking people's hands and just listening to them speak because these, these are people from the future. Like the stuff that they're coming up with is just so far beyond the general general people's mind it's just it's mind-blowing right yeah so and and now i pretty much just have the majority of my cryptos if not all invested into celsius that's pretty much where i'm at right now currently so with that said um ether aka idon what i have is a little bio on you a seasoned entrepreneur and a veteran in blockchain and innovation. You have over 20 years, even though you look like you're 20 years in your photo. Just a you, have over, <laughs> you have over 20 years, huh? 20 years in, in Fortune 500 tech, 500 tech companies, okay? Um, you're also known as the NFT professor, is that correct?
1: Uh,
0: yeah. How did you get that name?
1: Yeah. So, uh, the background was, uh, I was involved with this game called, uh, Ethermon back then. Um, and essentially I was kind of an investor. I spent quite, in my view, and I actually later on look at the data, I, I was pretty much the person I spent the most. I think when the, they started when the Ether was around $800 and it dropped, you know, all the way down to like probably less than a hundred, but my average uh, total spending on that game was around 300 ETH. So you can imagine how much money I just put into the game. Um, you really like so, it. And, and for me, well, I guess a lot of it was uh, my background is uh, I uh, studied a little bit of monetary history and it kind of led to from whatever I was doing into gold and silver, precious metal, and then from that uh, I went into cryptocurrency, kind of because knowing the you know the trouble with the the fiat system and all that. Uh, and so either way, so when I got into NFT, I was very really fascinated uh, about it because I previously had a uh, a development company which does tokenomics of uh, between games, inter-game tokenomics. So which means if you were playing like World of Warcraft, how do I create a system which I can now trade World of Warcraft money uh, for Diablo money? And if, if you were to do that, how would that actually work? So with all of that then it's like one of the thing with um, uh, cryptocurrency game is all of a sudden cryptocurrency games have tokens themselves so then I was really then studying to say oh okay now it's almost like you know real money because we you know' everyone trying to you know kind of squeeze uh, value into that token um, so you kind of study it to say what makes a token valuable what makes the token not and how do you apply that in the game because I previously had a company before crypto was a uh, Uh, existed right obviously you know i think crypto what existed probably i mean bitcoin satoshi paper i think was 2008 ish um when that was yeah 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 exactly so um so you know pretty much i had a company dealing with you know how do you make a a token valuable within the game when can you create a platform to kind of Trade our value, so so. Anyways, when, when the all the, the crypto stuff came out, I was like, "Wow, this is exactly what we're looking for." But you know, it's not yet exactly uh, functional, right? In terms of people can create uh, a token, and but it may not necessarily have value. So, Ethereum was a very interesting game because uh, at that point in time, you can only pretty much mine the token uh, through playing the game. So in a way it's almost like, hey, you're mining now, but you're kinda of mining a game token. Um so I, I was very involved in terms of just a passionate about uh how the game worked. And obviously it was kinda of like Pokemon. So um so there was was quite interesting trying to just you know, it's like a uh, you know, because I like Pokemon too, right? You know, kinda of, <laughs> uh you know, my uh, uh my uh what you call it. I, I, I never got away from gaming, so uh, I think Pokémon's a, you know, a, a awesome uh, a branding. Yeah, so, I play Pokémon Go, watching Pokémon. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, really? Okay, cool. So, yeah, play, anyway, so I mean, I but in sure short to answer long. the question. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to actually address your your, your question. So so the reason why uh, people call me NFT professor is because every time they release the feature, I was like, oh, you know, you guys should consider this and that. <laughs> so at certain point, like, the, the community started calling me, uh, like actually it was the dev team and the community manager keeps saying, oh, you know, like they just referred to my name before. And then later on, they're like, oh, you know, the NFT professor, like as a joke. But after a while, like people caught up. <laughs> so that's why I kind of got that name because they gave it to me. <laughs>
0: Okay, so I, I actually I do want to read your um, your introduction on uh, Ethermon, but I just want to know yeah what your position in Ethermon is. You're you're just a like a core sure. developer. You're an NFT developer. What is it that you do exactly with Ethermon? Yeah,
1: yeah. So um so. Ethermon uh, was actually previously Ethermon. So this game I just talked about which people gave me the title NFT professor. Um, so Ethermon was, developed by, uh, was launched in late 2017, early 2018, kind of right at the heights. Um, and they had a, the, at the most, uh, they had uh, 13 developer full time. Uh, their total raise uh, was uh, about just a little bit over 1 million US. Uh, they were based in Singapore, and they also had the team members in Vietnam and singapore um so because they were very close to the development team and one of the key things i think um which kind of led to the uh uh the developer had to uh, essentially call quits because when ether fell down to uh eighty dollar uh pretty much was say uh, uh June of last year um they announced that they had they rent pretty much ran out of funding i think the one that I think I, I'm guessing here, right, uh, essentially, uh, is because most of the funding was uh, kind of kept with kind of hedging your risk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so in terms of like, you know, hedging to fiat, right. Um, and so essentially, because I'm very close to the project, uh, I spent pretty much two, three months uh, working with them to discuss essentially how can we kind of Continue all the NFT game because one of the concept of the NFT in general is supposedly NFT is immutable, just like you know tokens are immutable. So technically, when NFT games dissolve, uh, players or community should be able to just take it over, Uh, will continue to make it live on. So we kind of, and I guess the original developer wanted to do that too. He didn't just wanted to kind of, you know, forever be, uh, you know, RIP or. Buried. So then it makes a lot of sense for them to say, hey, uh, I have interest to take over the development, uh, and we wanted to obviously rebrand this. We rebranded from Ethermon, took out the an E, and just called Ethermon. Uh, I think that made a lot of sense. Um, so essentially, I'm the original founder of Ethermon. Uh, so I work with the original developer to transition everything uh, from the original smart contract, etc., cetera, uh, over to what's now Ethermon. And of course, like recently, other than you know, ma- maintaining, so it took about, so we had a small team initially. So we had uh, pretty much uh, three people uh, committed to kind of doing the transition. Uh, and because imagine from a 13 full-time staff and then condensing it down to three people, it took us pretty much three, four months of reading the codes on a daily basis, just to kind of caught up on everything. And because of the small contract, is back and front end, it was probably the biggest stack that I have ever seen. Uh, just because it has a lot of content in it. Um, so uh, currently, we are now also uh, expanding the project to the central end. So we have a fairly big uh, uh, meta release coming up next uh, next yeah, week. Um, we actually releasing it. Yeah, and the right. yeah, yeah. I, I'll pause ask questions.
0: No, that that's really cool. Um, well, first of all, Uh, I don't, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for taking over the um, ethermon Ethermon project because I was one of those first gamers on the ethereummon platform and um, it was a little buggy here, but I really liked it, regardless of of just trying to log in and uh, just play the game, I, I really enjoyed it, and when they shut down back in, what was it, November?
1: they kind of- uh officially didn't announce that in july but uh, we announced the full full full, formal take uh rebranding in november
0: okay so uh, like the second half, of the second half of the year um i started to know that there was I, I noticed that there wasn't any progress going on in on the ethereum on uh platform yeah so i was like okay something's going on yeah. but you know at the time i wasn't connected with you guys on discord i actually i don't even think they had a discord I, i'm not even sure i didn't have any communications with them but with you guys once you guys uh uh, took over and rebranded it as Ethermon, I was like, hey, there you go. That that makes more sense. I see that you guys did a lot of updates. You guys are nonstop. You guys, once you guys took it over as as, as a player, I enjoy seeing the, the continuous upgrades and evolution of what's going on. It's And it's so community involved. That's what I really, 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 really love. That you guys aren't just keeping it for yourselves. You guys are sharing the love with everyone. You guys are getting a lot of people's inputs. I love it. So with that said, yeah, just, so, just so, so our listeners aren't confused about what's going on, I'm going to go ahead and read this uh, little, um, I guess, FAQ of what is Ethermon. Uh, and this is directly from your website. Okay? Um, Ethermon yep. is a decentralized game where you can catch, train, transform digital monsters and trade them for real value. In Ethermon, your assets are protected thanks to the blockchain technology. They fully belong to you and will never be taken away. Capturing mons. There are hundreds of monster species that you can catch, and they vary by types, generations, forms, power, and so on. Trading mon and assets. Mons are protected assets on blockchain. So are many other items in the game. Trading monsters, including their value and turn into real monetary benefits which can be realized via trading battle for rewards ethermon is a fun digital game world where you can you can compete with other players for bigger and if you explore so that's in a nutshell that's answering what ethermon is now in a nutshell, I, you could pretty much say it's it's uh, a blockchain version of Pokemon, more or less, right?
1: Yeah, so um, I would put it as, so we definitely have battles uh, system. Uh, the battles are essentially 3v3 and you kind of have supports and stuff like that. Uh, Pokemon is the, the first uh, blockchain game that actually has battles. Uh, obviously, like I would say, the first NFT was essentially CryptoPunks. The first breathable uh, game was essentially CryptoKitty. CryptoKitty and Ethereum both got developed at the same time. Um, and then, but obviously CryptoKitty, you can breed, but you can't really uh, essentially battle with them. Um, so I think uh, Ethermon was essentially the first big game on blockchain that you can kind of battle with it. Um, Now, so there's a, uh, the extension of the battle game was what we call the adventure. Uh, The adventure is where you will send your Ethamon to an adventure, and they will come back with different loot items, including the chance of being able to catch some other legendary Ethamon, which you cannot purchase. So in a way, you buy Ethamon, you train them, you battle them, you can send them to this adventure, and then go, and they might come back with, you know, another Ethamon, which you cannot even buy. Um, but what's very interesting about this whole uh, concept is Ethermon was built to be decentralized. So, which means when you go, when you send an Ethermon to uh, a venture, you need to pay some fees. Um, now, however, that fees, 90% of that fee goes back to the owner of a venture locations, what we call adventure sites. The um, adventure site was something that was sold uh, pretty much, I think, about two years ago uh today they still retain the value i think they go for around like 0.5 ETH each um and obviously anyone who bought it back then have already have their return on investment because 90 percent the to go on venture you need to pay either ETH or pay uh token uh, of ethermark which is emond uh and the 90 percent of it go back to the leno so it's very interesting because you really want to look at uh how the ecosystem is versus traditional game which is you know you buy stuff and just go to the developer and you know, really ever, and I think that's the major distinction between crypto games, uh, blockchain games versus your traditional game is a lot of the value we intend to give back to the community. And that is also why we, we, we engage so much with the communities because we want to hear their, their feedback to say, you know, hey, you no, know, you know, are you just like sucking up all the money or like are you, what are you doing with the money, right? If it's right. not for future development, then, you know, and then we feel it's absolutely just to just kind of, you know, give a big portion of it back to the community.
0: Yeah, I love tournaments, by the way. You guys just completed uh, tournaments not too long ago, about what, a week or two yeah. ago? Yeah. That's oh man, I was all into that. I kept getting into it, like, I gotta keep going, I gotta keep going, I gotta keep yeah. going. Of course, yeah. there was there's other players out there that are just freaking awesome. They're just so hardcore players out there. <laughs> there's no way I can catch up with them. But it was still fun though. It's still fun to be part of the community and yeah. just, just get in there and be part of the tournament. Um yes. I, I want to ask you, um, I know that there is um uh, Dapper, you guys use, use. are you guys still yeah. using uh, MetaMask? Uh,
1: so we recently upgraded to, uh, to support multiple wallets. Uh, in the past we support obviously Dapper and MetaMask. Uh, we recently, because we wanted to onboard more users, which may not be, or well, more mainstream user which may not be very familiar with uh, uh, crypto yet. Um, so we integrated two wallet, one is called Formatic uh, They're pretty big. Essentially, you can create a wallet just by an, uh, SM, having a phone number. So, they create a cloud wallet. It is essentially secure because without your password, they can't access the wallet either. But your logging is just your SMS. You just put in the SMS your message, and then you can log in via that SMS verification message. We also integrate the Formatic, which has the capability to tie to your uh, Gmail. Uh, or email in general, uh, as well as, um, I think it was uh, Facebook. You
0: so technically... Arcane. R-
1: R- yeah, Arcane.network. So they are not a wallet provider. Uh, so both of them are cloud-based. So which means uh, instead of have storing your private key under, in MetaMask, in Vapur, uh, it is being stored on a cloud. Uh, and it is secure because we we audited. The, well, we had you know detailed discussion on the standard technology before implementing it for use. So yeah, we do support multiple wallet, and obviously Dapper is one of them.
0: Cool. So I do see that the, the the multiple wallet wallets that you have here. You have Arcane, Formatic, and Dapper. Honestly, I, I, this is the first time you you explained it there. What what Arcane is and what Formatic is. Um, I use Dapper only because they have the free transactions, right? Yeah. So that's why I started using Dapper because I started seeing yeah. everyone. In fact, I didn't even know what. Honestly, I probably would never used any of these, and I would have stayed with MetaMask until I jumped into your guys's uh, Discord, and I started to see everyone's, you know, the communities uh, chatting about the uh, Dapper is the best wallet to use because yeah. of of having the, the, the free transactions. It went down from, from can you actually keep, are you able to explain that? It went from 10 transactions down to three, three free transactions.
1: Yeah, I can talk a little bit about it. But essentially the uh, what that does is they do an additional layer. So when you are paying for your Draco transaction, essentially they have a wrapper that they pay for you. Now it does, it created a little bit of an issue for us at one point in time because they, they had to upgrade the API the way that they do it. So then we need to, Respectively, handle the way that they're handling the free payments. So that created some, some issue for us, they're kind of having to upgrade. But essentially, they're paying for the gas, right? I think it's part of the user acquisition. You know, think of it like Uber, right? Your first few rides is free, Well, like, you know, they give you discount from time to time to kind of compete. Uh, I think Dapper being a, a later comer, I think that's kind of how they're acquiring new users uh, and keeping them there. And, and obviously, because recently um, for the past, uh, I would say four to six weeks gas has been very high ever since the, the Bitcoin halving uh, and that caused, you know, all the Ethernet network to uh, price to go up quite a bit. So they had to essentially reduce it. I think part of it is the cost thing because, you know, instead of one, two, three gig away, you're now paying 20, 30. Like think today's low gas was like 41. So you're, you're paying easily instead of, you know, five cents per user. So like, uh, uh, I think they used to give a 10 transaction, right? So that's like, you know, 50 cents. But now each transaction costs 50 cents. So, you know, they, they, they oh, definitely yeah. have to reduce it. But there has been people that's kind of taking advantage of that because like, as a dev, if I need to do some dev work to deploy the contract, it costs me gas. So I mean, technically I can just use that work to like do all my deployment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it's a kind of, you know, pro and con, but obviously it's the decision to use that method for user acquisition, essentially.
0: Cool. So, um, I don't um, in regards to using the NFTs, the, the, the mons, you said they are, they are cross-compatible with other blockchains, correct? Because they're NFTs. So, um, you said that it, it's going to be merged into Central Land, correct? Mm-hmm, yeah. Now, can you just go ahead and elaborate on Central Land and how that's going to work? Um, go ahead. Uh, You know, importing these mons into there?
1: Yeah, so the next evolution of uh, the Ethalon game is essentially we're creating a pet system. Uh, All the Mons is now 3D. Oh, cool. uh, you can, they can fly, they can follow you around in the, you know, the central in one of the 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 uh, uh, the, the 3D platform. Um, and it's obviously a blockchain project as well, they're a fairly big one. Um, so you can, the, one of the first thing we're releasing, so we're releasing uh, in parts. Uh, so what I, I mean by that is we call it meta. So what a meta is is a a piece of a uh, something uh, an environment that Ethereum can uh, uh, interact with. One of the first one is the Ethereum Garden Meta. Essentially, uh, landowners so people already who own the digital land of the Central Land can purchase this Ethereum Garden Meta. Uh, essentially, looks like a garden uh, garden bed. And when user come to the garden bed, they can uh, purchase food or they can get free food. So we also always implement free-to-play elements as well into our game. Uh, so it's never, you know, you know pay to win. It's always kind of, you have the, uh, the free-to-play the elements. Um, so people are able to plant the, a, a seed and they can wait some time uh, and the seed or well, the fruit will come out and you can use it to feed your ethermon. Uh, your ethermon have, uh, HP, energy, hunger level, and mood. So depending on kind of its hunger level, energy, and mood, it might do different things. Uh, it might, for example, if you totally ignore it or stop it, it might just uh, a will go to sleep. Uh, B, if you ask it to do some actions, it might ignore you if its mood is really bad. So. Uh, we spend a lot of time thinking about you know what typically will make you, like you a know, pet, or your, even yourself, moody. Like, for example, if you get ignored or if you're not being fed well, then you get a little bit grumpy. So, we try to implement uh, things like that. So, it's becoming okay. sort of like the Tamagotchi system for us. So, that's okay. essentially kind of our next step. Uh oh. Um, someone's here. Looks
0: like we have yeah. guests. Yeah, looks awesome. like we have guests. So, uh, I'm actually. <laughs> here
1: okay, uh, cool we'll
0: good and uh we're gonna catch up later on okay don yeah uh, i don't yeah
1: we can yeah. do another session
0: sounds good all right okay With that thanks said, so much. thank you for uh for thank being you. part of my uh my podcast yeah all right See thanks you. all right bye, bye.